Ready. Set. Game cast. Welcome to Ready Set Gamecast, a bi-weekly podcast about video games and Black Friday deals. I'm Bryce, and I'm joined at the Podcast Shopping Network by Dexterity. What kind Darian? If I What? You you're supposed to say something when I say your name so that people know what you oh. sound like. I was actually just really confused because because you said dexterity and you almost you you've exclusively called me Darian from the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> so it threw me for a loop. Darian, what kind of sweet goodies can moms and pops of the kids of the world get f- for the kids to enjoy this Black Friday season? What do you recommend? What's the hot what's the hot things? Hot things. Um I've been telling everybody who doesn't have a switch to get a switch on Black Friday. There's some good deals. Yeah. This this actually comes out Black Friday, so pop pop it in your VHS player. Pop it in as your wait. Get it in your, your tape VH- player. Get get one of what? those ta- tape uh tape converters so that you can like play uh stuff off your phone. Get one of those, slap it in the tape uh deck, and then listen to the podcast via that machine. Um, connect it to your Bluetooth because we live in the 21st century. It's 2018. And if you still have a tape deck and have to plug your aux cord into your phone through your tape deck, which is a thing that I did in my first and second cars. So I know it's there and I know it's pretty okay. Please treat yourself to a new radio station or new radio system for your car. It's Black Friday. Buy a car. Yeah, buy a car. Or I mean, you can probably go to a to a, a like a Best Buy or a Walmart or a Target or something. A lot of them have. I don't know about Target actually, but I know Walmart and Best Buy both have. Um. Uh car audio sections um and there's also probably local stores in your area that have audio car audio that you can get but then but then you gotta like get it into the car that's the that's the hard part you can have them do that as well maybe not on black friday you can schedule an appointment to have them do it but a lot of them will install it for you you think like walmart and best buy will install a audio system yes Okay. Uh, if she's incorrect about that, please go to readysetgamecast.com slash submit and say, Darian, what you talking about, girl? Well, I know that Best Buy will install almost anything that they have in their store because, like, with Geek Squad, they, they've been taught how to do a lot of that stuff. And, like, my friend got a car starter, like a, a, a remote start from Best Buy, and they installed it for him, which I thought was really weird, but... They do it. I am really tempted to get a remote start right now. I want a remote start so bad, but it would cost like $600 for my car. It's, it's, it would be real nice this time of year. It would be nice. But you know what else is real nice this time of year? Playing video games inside where it's not snowy. 
Uh, what video games have you been playing, Dexterity? <laughs> I have been playing... Let's start with the normal ones. So I've been playing League of Legends and Dead by Daylight. Nothing crazy there. Um, since I was on the did you podcast get, list... Did you get the Snuggle Pants costumes? No, I did not get... The Star Guardian or the Pajama Guardian skins because they're just they're just shitty remakes of an amazing skin line that they've already made. I love the Star Guardians. Pajama Guardians are bullshit. They didn't even take the like what either of the teams. They took they just picked and choose the best people, the, the people that sell the most out of both of the teams and made more skins for them. Fuck you, Riot Games. That is a cash grab. You were specifically just trying to get people to buy skins that they probably already have. Fuck you, Riot. I hate that skin line. I'm very angry about it. But what if they make real pajamas of those skins? I will definitely get some, but <laughs> I'm angry about the skin line. I wish that they would have just made them chromas. That would have been less irritating. But the fact that they made a new skin line with new splash art and their full price, fuck that. That's bullshit. Okay. I'm going to charge you the same amount for a skin that you already have. How much do skins cost? So... Most skins are released at 1,350 Riot Points, which is about $10. Uh, it's probably like $8, actually, with the bonuses they give you when you buy Riot Points. But, so, and the more Riot Points you buy at once, the more bonus Riot Points you get. So, like, if I buy $35 in Riot Points, I get almost double that. But it's still not, uh, I'm still not, uh, anyway... The KDA skins are badass. I'm really upset that Teddy couldn't name all of the champions that are in the KDA line last week or last episode when you guys talked about it. I was ripping my hair out while you guys are talking about that. Well, maybe you should be on the podcast more often. I had no voice and now I have a man voice. (laughs) So you know what? (laughs) I'm doing my best. Oh, man. No, so the KDA skins came out, and that's exciting. Uh, And I played a little bit of League because of that. Um, Dead by Daylight did their Halloween event, which was really cool. A lot of people just went and farmed points a lot for that. That was fun. Um, I played... I I reinstalled and played Overwatch, um, so that was fun. I haven't played that in a hot minute. Um, I played through Deltarune with uh chapter one which is not technically an undertale sequel uh it it's a it's an undertale sequel but not they didn't want to be like oh you're the choices you made don't matter but they want it's it the choices you made don't matter because he's there's a canonical I I believe the the guy was like this is in a different universe than the one you played but it's clearly Yeah, a, it's a, an alternate reality Undertale. So it's not a sequel but it's in the same universe I to guess. To my understanding, not universe, but things that happened in Undertale are referenced in Deltarune. 
there's a lot of uh, references to them, but it's very clear that it's like not the same existing timeline that was in Undertale because the the universe that you're in is not the same. There's very many, many differences. Like, you're playing Chris. Yeah, Chris. Which is basically just, it's definitely just Frisk. Um, I don't, I mean, it's, it's not the same. There's some very significant differences. I haven't played Undertale. Oh, there's a few characters that like, oh, these guys were best friends in, in this, in Undertale, but in, in Deltarune, they hate each other. Well, it's, it seems like they, from what I, what I heard on uh, other discussions was that basically Deltarune picks like a choice, connect, like choices and makes them kind of canonical, but in this, by saying it's an alternate universe, they're kind of not taking, they're, they're, they're not um, saying, no, your, your Undertale experience is not real, but this, mm-hmm. is, but this seems to take place after what would you know the events of undertale i mean not i mean not really though because there's <laughs> if they reference things that happen in undertale like actual choices you made or could have made like you you probably only did one playthrough of undertale well undertale was in the underground and there was many many different endings but one of like from what i recall because i need to replay undertale a few times um after if you do like the pacifist route then you open the barrier and like monsters can go out of the underground right but if and i guess i don't know which ending this would have followed because i only know one ending to undertale i don't know all the endings so it could be true i mean it could be yeah i guess but it just i don't know we'll have to look into it further i i mean i don't understand how it could be it's definitely as if a undertale timeline could have played through but not one that you could have played in undertale does that make sense maybe like if there were more versions of the game May, may, maybe that's that maybe yeah they they might have made it so it wasn't specifically so like a a sh- you couldn't have had this playthrough just so that they could 100% say that this is not anyone's playthrough there's no correct undertale playthrough right. um but yeah. but like this saying that like hey you could kind of see that this is undertale 2 um in in ways Right. But at the same time, it's like... Because I, I, it seemed like the guy didn't want to invalidate anyone's playthrough. Say, like, yeah, Toby, Toby Fox specifically said, like, the things that you experienced in Undertale are still there as you experience them. They will not be changed, but this is like an alternate reality. Yeah. He didn't say this is an alternate reality. That's just what everyone is interpreting. That's what I'm interpreting, I guess. Anyway, I played Deltarune Chapter 1. It was really fun. I 
was informed where to or where and how to access the secret boss and he is bullshit and I couldn't beat him. I also played a little bit of Let's Go Eevee. I haven't had well, a lot of time to enjoy that game, but I have had a lot of to- time to enjoy um, the Pokeball Plus, and I love it. How 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 have you been enjoying the Pokeball Plus without... I mean, I understand that you could be playing po- uh, Pokemon uh, Go, but the, your use of the word enjoy with a peripheral pain. Yeah. You can also take Pokemon that you have in the game and put them in the Pokeball and then interact with them. See, yeah, how does that work exactly? So, like, you take them on a stroll Mm -hmm. and they're transferred into the Pokeball and you can uh, push down on the um, joystick and then it'll go into play mode and the ring, the LED ring, will be the color of the type of Pokemon that's in there. So I had Pikachu in there, and it was yellow. I had Caterpie in there, and it was green, um, so on and so forth. And you you can, like, rock the Pokeball around in your hands. Yeah, it could be mildly sexual if you really want to go there. Um, can you buy two of them and uh, take two Pokemon for a stroll? Yes. You can, you can, any Pokeball that you connect to the game, you can load a Pokemon into. Um, as, I'm probably only up to six, though. As far as I can tell, well, maybe not. I don't know. I've, I've only had, like, five in my inventory at a time when I loaded them. But <clears throat> you can definitely have multiple Pokemon out for a stroll at a time. And you can still use them in-game, even if they're out for a stroll. What does them being out for a stroll get you? Um, so the more the longer that they're out in a stroll and the more you interact with them and do stuff with you or with them, um, they'll get more XP. And they get XP for helping in Pokemon Go, which I don't really know what they do to help in Pokemon Go, but there's a stat for it. They get some XP for doing it. They're not like in your game, but I used it as a Pokemon Go Plus accessory, and so he got points. He got XP for doing that. Maybe he's the one who's been throwing the Pokeballs. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That seems a little meta, but uh, it seems a little odd. Yeah, Mew threw a Pokeball at another Pokemon to catch him. Go Mew. That seems a little fucked up, but okay. I mean, isn't everything about Pokemon a little fucked up? That yes. that they're kind of like Team Rocket's jerks because they're taking Pokemon and you're run going out in the wild and that like, hey, this I found this Pokemon. It's probably got a family, but it's coming with me. I'm gonna beat it it's up. My Pokemon I'm gonna beat now. it up and capture it and make it battle other ones. Maybe I'll I'll you take it and then uh, capture it and then find its family and make it battle its own family so I can capture them as well. Well, that's kind of dark. Well, that's Pokemon. In Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, you don't fight Pokemon in the wild. You just catch them. You, uh, you haven't done it yet, but uh, when you do the Snorlax, uh, you know, sleep, s- sleeping Snorlax, um, mm-hmm. when you wake him up, he's all angry pants. So you have to battle him, and then after you defeat him in battle, then you can catch him. Oh, interesting. There's apparently, like, the the guy, when he was explaining it to me, he said, like, oh, this happens once in a while. So I guess that is a situation that happens occasionally. Sure. 
Anyway, Pokeball Plus is my favorite. I sincerely hope that they come up with more versions. Like, I want a Master Ball Pokeball Plus. I think that would be awesome. Is it better or worse that you're capturing them without fighting them? Where you're just like, hey, you got no, you, you can't even battle me for your freedom. You just, you're just coming in with me. Um, I don't want to think about it too much. Okay. Go ahead. I would just like to talk about Pokemon, <laughs> and that's it. You don't want to talk about it? We're talking about the deep. I don't, want to, I don't want to get that deep. I just want to talk about how cute they are, how Eevee is my soul, my heart and soul, and I love him very much. My Eevee is a boy Eevee, and I love him, and I can't wait to make him a big buff Flareon. You can't. Can't do it. What? They don't evolve. Your starters don't evolve. Oh, that's no. I was gonna get Eevee because I like their uh, evolutions, but then I found out your starter will not evolve, and I was like, "Well, Pikachu, the as uh, as the non-evolutions, Raichu, like the evolutions of Eevee are way better than Raichu, but because you can't get evolutions, um, Pikachu is better than Eevee in general." cuter how does that make you feel Pikachu's not cuter than eevee have you seen my pikachu have you seen my eevee also i feel the answer is no i have not shown you my eevee but it's the cutest eevee who's ever lived fight me i mean i can after this podcast we could battle uh i don't have the or i don't have the nintendo service actually <laughs> so no we can't i mean i can give you we'll we'll talk after and you'll have it <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make you my family. Oh, we're fam now. I oh. like that. Okay. Uh so I was I was having a very chill uh weekend uh last weekend and I I crawled into bed and I played Moonlighter. No, it was a Thursday. It was a Thursday. I played Moonlighter for for a while. Um and that game, like, I, I was just... So, Moonlighter, if you don't... We've talked about it before, but it's the game where you, like, go into the dungeon, bot, battle monsters, get stuff from them, and then sell it in your shop. Mm-hmm. I was I was basically, sell like, getting stuff and selling it, and what money I would get, I would basically spend it on potions and or upgrades to the shop. Um, but one... A, a you can find some weapons um on on uh bodies um it's rare but you'll you'll find a, a few uh weapons on on bodies in the dungeon but i decided to um both uh craft a new um some new weapons because they get they start you off with a broomstick and then like after the tutorial a guy is like half of this old sword and shield i have please stop using that broomstick but you do still use the broomstick because you can switch between your two weapons. So uh, you you can use your broomstick as kind of a ranged weapon because you basically use it like a spear. Um, you hit them with the... I, th- I think you actually hit them with the bristles. I think I told Teddy you hit them with the pointy bit, but I think I looked at it and it was the bristles. Um, but I actually decided to buy a proper spear and that made the dungeons way easier and I actually got to the first boss there's five dungeons 
uh, each seem to have a different kind of monster. I haven't I haven't finished the first dungeon, uh, but I've been I've been more focused on trying to get armor and um, weapons and stuff to improve my dungeoning than just trying to focus on selling stuff, which was something I was doing early on. And now I'm getting way better stuff to be able to sell. And I've I've expanded my shop. When you first start, you. You've only got like like four places to put stuff and you can switch them out as people buy them. But when you expand your shop, you get more space. But also you'll have thieves come in um, and, and they'll have a little icon above them. So, you know, that they're like a thief. But but then uh, you have to wait for them to grab something because you can't just be like, you're a thief. I know because the icon <laughs> um, and once they grab something, you have to uh, hurry up and tackle them um, before they get out the door or you lose it. Um, so I basically, <laughs> it's very store. So I kind of have to like, be like, hold on. You, I'll, I'll come to the register real quick. I just need this guy to grab this thing real quick so that I can tackle him and then I'll come help you. Uh, but I've been having fun with it. But uh, as soon as I was playing that Thursday night and then 11 o'clock rolled around and Pokemon Let's Go uh, was out uh, midnight, uh, East Coast, West Coast, wherever. Um, and I, uh, I downloaded it and, uh, started playing that. I got to Saffron City, uh, recently and transferred a bunch of Pokemon from, uh, Go. Um, so I, I now have like Articuno and, and a bunch of ones I haven't even seen in the normal game yet. Um, there are some, some things like, uh, if you, it, it encourages you to do some like things that you would not normally do in a Pokemon game. Like if you catch the same Pokemon over and over without catching anything else in between, like if you just sit there and catch Magikarps, um, you'll get a catch combo for each one. Um, the, the higher your catch combo, A, the more experience you'll get. Um, I got like, I was catching like 60 Magikarps. And I was getting like 800 experience um, Ooh, per nice. catch because like, you know, I was getting things like um, the, the catch combo and then also like the experience boost from catching on the first throw and, and great throws and and all this stuff. So with all the uh, stuff combined, I was getting like 800 and stuff. But the real reason was why I was doing it was the higher your catch combo, the more likely you are to get a shiny of that Pokemon. So I was trying to get a shiny Magikarp, um, which uh, 60, apparently, not enough. Uh, I, I heard a guy who was trying to get a shiny Ponyta, and apparently he spent like 18 hours just catching Ponyta trying to get uh, one, and, and he saw one, but didn't manage to get it. So Oh, that's heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, I, I spent, and also, like, saving your game, like, stopping, uh, I went back into town, uh, because two of my Pokemon had, were knocked out, so they were not gaining experience from all this catching I was doing, mm-hmm. and I needed to go get more balls, so I didn't catch anything else in between, um, going back to town and going back to my catching area, but because I left, I guess I lost my catch combo and also things like saving the game and coming back. You lose your catch combo. So you really just have to sit there and grind it out all at once. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else uh, about Let's Go. Oh, um, so Meltan. If if you tr- transfer Pokemon from Pokemon uh let's or from Pokemon Go to Pokemon Let's Go, um in Pokemon Go you get a hundred experience, regardless of how many you can transfer. You can transfer like fifty at a time. Um I just I just did a bunch. And you get you get candy for all the Pokemon you transferred. It's basically if you transfer them to Professor Oak. Um and then you also get a mystery box. And but the mystery box is basically like a lure uh that specifically spawns Meltans. Um in in Let's Go or in Go? In Pokemon Go. Okay. So yeah. Um but Oh. But you can transfer Meltan to Let's Go after you've caught them in, in Go. And Right, and Meltan have stopped transforming now, right? Like they're just Meltan now? Yeah, and there's a Meltan quest to get uh-huh. it. So I don't I don't know if there's a way to get him just normal without a mystery box or doing the quest. Okay. Um so I don't think they're just out there in the world normal. Um but weirdly enough, Mel- when you transfer Melton and catch him in Pokemon Let's Go, he reads as as Pokedex number one hundred fifty two. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like maybe like. I th- I think it's just because it's the Kanto. Yeah, they don't know about the other ones, so I guess they're just like, yeah, it's this one. I don't know. It's 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 a little odd, but. Well, yeah, once you uh, once they started doing uh, evolutions for existing ones, they they now have like holes. There's like a national Pokedex and then like a Pokedex for each um, region. And I think I mean, what would make sense then is that he's 152 in the Kanto Pokedex. But then I'm wondering what he is in the national Pokedex. He's like 600 and something. He doesn't have a number assigned. In Pokemon Go, when you catch no, him, he's... he's... 808. Oh, okay. Um, so, speaking of Pokemon Let's Go, things I really like about it, the fact that you always have your PC with you and can transfer Pokemon in and out of your party, it, it makes... Because, like, in normal games, you basically have your six, and you never mess with them because you would have to go to a center to have to do that but i'm constantly going like oh you know actually i think i'm gonna swap these guys out because this would actually be better for these this like i'm going by the water now i probably Mm -hmm. find some 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 water trainers let me let me put in a flying guy um because my my team has is um pikachu uh charizard blastoise venusaur they have they they just give you the the OG starters. Like there is an NPC who is like, "Hey, do you want this?" And you know, this is a Charmander. And like, hey, here's a Squirtle. You want it? And like they they just make sure you have caught enough Pokemon, and then they'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been uh, running with those, and then the last two I'll swap out. And because because I I've you know have access to them all the time, yeah, it's really easy to swap them out and be like, oh yeah. I need a second guy right now. Let me let me do that. Um, that's I love that change. Um, I I love seeing blue. Like I don't uh, that the your normal rival is more like your best friend than your like he's not 
rivalry in any way. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm so excited every time I see Blue because he it like having seen him early on and having him tell me that he'll smell me later is like yes that's the content I'm here for give me that yeah the the your rival's kind of weak I'm yeah. really I'm just like you're not fun to interact with yeah there's no rivalry <laughs> I I am very excited to see how green is gonna pop up. And I'm guessing Red is going to be the Pokemon master. He's probably right. going to be top dog that you're going to have to take down. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I kind of thought it was going to kind of be a follow-up to, you know, the Red and Blue. But it is almost in that, you know, alternate universe thing. Because um, Blue was like, oh, Gramps finally made that Pokedex. Uh, he, I I had to point on the map and tell him where I I got the Pokemon. Whereas in Red and Blue, like he gave you the Pokedex too. So it it seems like it's kind of the same thing, except for those kids didn't have a Pokedex. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bl- Blue seems like he seems like he's like really good and mature, but kind of cocky about it. And I really like him. Mm-hmm. I'm re- <laughs> like, like you, you and I've encountered him twice so far uh, in one of the like early cities, like pewter or whatever. I don't remember. And then also on the SS Annie, I'm sure I'll see him uh, quite a few more times. And I'm excited every time I do. I love, dr- I love dressing up my Pikachu. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. I, I'm not in love with the fact that basically the only way to grind XP is catching Pokemon over and over. Um, but I'm, I'm getting more used to it. Also, how have you been playing? Have you been playing handheld or docked? Uh, well, I've only been streaming it, so it's all been docked. Oh, I way prefer handheld. Handheld, um... I mean... Well, so for for docked, you have to do motion controls and stuff. For handheld, you just like point the you you um move the screen basically, and it moves in the world. And when you tap A, it throws a Pokeball at the center of the screen. So basically, you just want the to move it so the Pokemon is at the center of the screen, and then you tap A. And I I feel way more confident and and having more fun doing that. So. Well, I haven't had any problems. I feel like it's oversimplified with the uh, Pokeball Plus, especially compared to like regular Joy-Cons. Because I don't have to move at all. I just have to time it. And like, I haven't really figured out, because there are ways that I can mess it up and like toss it oddly, but I don't know how. I just basically have to drop it and it goes right in the middle every time. Oh, because I I tried playing it docked for a little bit and... I, I don't know what was going on. Maybe I need to like resync my stuff or something. But I felt like there was like a lag. Like it it wasn't I wasn't throwing it right when I did the motion. So what I would end up doing is overdoing the motion to try and get it to trigger more and then oh, I would overthrow sure. the ball. And I was like, Well, this isn't ideal. Yeah, I feel like the Pokeball Plus is just like incredibly well made because I noticed both well, I noticed in just regular Pokemon Go that the reaction time is much quicker than the Pokemon Go Plus accessory. Like, um, when I do click to catch the Pokemon, it's like 
I click it and it's instantly in the catching phase. Whereas in the Pokemon Go Plus, it would probably blink one or two more times, like notifying me, and then it would go into the catch phase. So I feel like they definitely upped the hardware and just like made this just a really solid quality uh, piece of equipment, which is probably why it's $50, whereas like a regular Joy-Con is like, what, 30 bucks? No, it's the regular Joy-Cons are like 60 they're fucking expensive. They? Yeah, for like a two pair, I want to say like 70 or 80. I will look on Amazon. I'm sure Darian is doing the same. I'll let Darian do it so that we're not both making typing noises. While she does that, while I'm she not does doing that, the talk thing. I am going to tell you about Red Dead Redemption 2. I only played the first couple missions. Um, I will say that I really like the app. And I think a lot of people have said that, like, the app is really cool. It's cool to have, like, because you can sync the app up to your game in the same way you could with, like, Fallout 4. Um, And you can, like, have your map, uh, like, uh, up as you're, you know, uh, playing and and be like, oh, yes, this is where I am. You can also, like, order stuff, um from the catalog i haven't messed with that at all and i don't know if this is in the proper rock like the the proper menus i haven't found it yet but your character writes a journal um that is accessible in the app and it's like in his voice and he's uh you know it's his words and he also has these like drawings and stuff in it and it's uh really cool um if you are Going to play Red Dead Redemption 2, I definitely recommend checking out the app um, and syncing that up and messing with that. I haven't gotten far enough in to really tell you too much. Uh, I'm going to be playing it more because we got a game of the year discussion to prepare for. Yeah, I'm going to have to play that game for game of the year, aren't I? You're going to have to. I, I, so I'm going to need an extensive list of the games that I need to play so that I can start renting them on Redbox and playing some of them. God of War is 100% on that list and is on Black Friday for like 20 bucks. Well, I don't want to purchase any of them because I'm not going to keep any of them. No, I mean, you... I, I messaged... Well, I, I, I told you while... Or asked you while you weren't in stream, but you didn't respond to me because I was like, if I buy you God of War, will you play it? And you, you were just like, nothing. Because I didn't see the message and then you asked later if i'd answered the gow question yeah and then as i was like i was like trying to figure out what you meant by the gow question and then you didn't say anything back yeah and then like at some point i was like oh are you talking about god of war and then like i think you were already gone or something like i don't know what happened uh I thought I, I thought I said yes. I don't know. I think I think you weren't very good at reading the I feel chat. Like there was and, and a th- miscommunication there, and I think it was because of what I was playing. Yeah, at a certain point, I was like, I don't think this is a great way to communicate with Darian right now. <laughs> but yeah, the there's gonna be a really great sale on God of War. But yeah, God of War story gameplay, everything about that uh, makes it huge for the God, uh, game of the year discussion. Spider Man, the gameplay for sure makes it um in in the talks well um so frick um the game awards uh is um hold on darian say things while i type this okay i'll say things so my game of the year must plays list right now consists of god of war red dead redemption 2 spider-man do you think i'm gonna have to add smash ultimate to that 
Because <sighs> it comes out on December 7th. Uh, so we're going to be doing our discussions in January, probably end right. of January to give us uh, time. I, I, it's hard to say, like, I imagine it's just going to be more smash. I don't think they, it has a campaign mode. It has, it has a story mode. They've had campaign modes before, but this one does look really cool. I don't know. It's, it's, just, I mean, I'm getting smash anyway. Well, yeah. Um, so the Game Awards recently announced their Game of Year uh, nominees. Theirs oh, are okay. theirs are Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, I know Teddy is excited about that. I'm not uh, that interested. Celeste, which is a little uh, indie platformer that I know people love. That's definitely isn't that also something Teddy's played and raved about before. <sighs> I don't know. At least a little bit. I think when that first came out, he played it. Uh, uh, I don't recall. I don't. It, I'm not sure if Celeste is a Teddy game. Um, God of War, which I that one I think is gonna be hard to beat. Um, Marvel Spider Man. So yeah, like I was saying, I think I think in turn I didn't love the story, so I don't think. And we gotta figure out what, what kind of categories we're gonna do. Um, I I think we're gonna have for sure one overall. Uh, Monster Hunter World and Red Dead Redemption oh, I'm not Two. Yeah, I don't, and and Red Dead Redemption too. Those this is uh, the Game Awards nominees. Um, I've already talked to Snowbike. My, well, I mentioned it in his shadows because I know he's been playing a lot of these big games, and he is the Snowbike. Mike is awesome, so I think we're gonna have him as a guest for the Game of the Year discussion. Um, you might not know him, but he's dope. I've heard of him before. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a star of the kind of funny community. Uh, I'll link you his channel later. Um, if you, I mentioned this last episode, but if you have any recommendations for things that we should be playing before we uh, do the big game of the year discussion, go to racethatgamecast.com/slash/submit and let us know. But let's talk about some news. Um, hey, you know what's great about Pokemon Let's Go? Pikachu's in it. You know what else? Did Pikachu's also in this new uh, Ryan Reynolds movie. Can you tell me about it, Darian? Sure. They released an official trailer uh, for Detective Pikachu, um, which is a first look at how they're going to be animating uh, this new movie. And it actually looks really good. Like it, it looks, uh, very just like it looks like a lot of TLC went into considering these real world, real world versions of the Pokemon. I mean, it's, it's not you know, like like they didn't CGI them in a way that you're translating the um like an animated like it's not the anime version or anything. It's it's if you've ever if you've ever Googled real world pokemon where they've kind of you know where geodude is actually a pile of rocks that look like rocks um with like a face pasted on it that that is how these pokemon look and most of them have hair yeah pikachu hair pikachu is super hairy charizard looked Harry, but after he looked Harry, but he was supposed to be scaly. Yeah, after a closer inspection, I I saw a Twitter post of I guess the, I guess they made some like mock-ups, uh, like some model, uh, like actual, 
um, 3D models, like like in real world, of these figures. Um, uh, and and yeah, Charizard was more scaly in that. If you're looking for it, Darian, I retweeted it a while back. Okay. Um. But yeah, so Ryan Reynolds is voicing Detective Pikachu. It looks really cool, and it's not. It's you know not Ash Ketchum story. Uh, it's you know Pokemon stuff. It's it's about like detect uh, this guy who is a rookie detective, um, in uh in the Pokemon world where you're going to a bar and you're gonna see a Jigglypuff and like I, it's it's a really cool take on the Pokemon world that we haven't seen in a while. And I'm excited. Darian is looking at the image. Oh my god. The the Psyduck is so creepy and cute at the same time. It's he's covered in feathers and his little top tuft thing looks awful. <laughs> he's so horrifying, but I want to hug him. I would say that is basically how all of the Pokemon are. They're a little bit like off-putting, but also like still cute. It's, yeah, it's like nightmare fuel. I feel like at any moment, these things are going to jump out of my screen and just murder me. <laughs> the, f- the first time I saw Detective Pikachu, I, like, uh, thought it was, like, a stuffed toy, and then it was, like, talking, and I was like, oh, so that's that, like, th- I thought he had, like, a stuffed Pikachu um, looking at, like, the thumbnail, and then, like, I saw it was the talking one, and I was like, oh, it's okay. That's the one. That's the real one. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anything else? Do we do we have a release date on that? I don't think we do. It's 2019. Um. I think I feel like it's uh April. Hold on. We're holding on for the release date. May 10th, 2019. Which something else is coming out in May. Oh, we'll talk about that later. Never mind. Next summer. <laughs> Like, I just read something. <laughs> you know what's not coming out anytime soon? Any more Prima guys. It looks like the maker of Prima uh, guidebooks for classic things like Pokemon that have helped people um, get through games. They were basically walkthroughs um, before, you know, you could just Google walkthrough for Digimon World 1 for the PlayStation 1. Um, they, they would put out these guidebooks with beautiful art and, and screenshots and all the kind of things, um, to help, uh, players get through games. But they they have said that, um, like basically, you know, the internet has, has, you know, made it so they can't put out these books anymore because why would somebody pay? Uh, wait, are they closing Brady games too? Uh, no idea um they they were looking for new ways to diversify um they were doing like art books and stuff and i think they were also had some like apps to help with the walkthroughs um to try and you know go digital with it but yeah it's it's you know when when you've got all of that uh content just freely out there on the internet it's it's hard to compete it really sucks, but you know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss seeing those guidebooks because those those like I didn't ever bought them. Um, 
Oh, no. It was cool to see those uh, guidebooks out there just for like the cool art on the cover and stuff. Go ahead. I wasn't upset about this before, but they make all the Kingdom Hearts walkthroughs because they they combined in 2015. I think they still I mean, they had to have still published some of them under the Brady Games title, but they. Oh, my God, does that mean they're I mean, that's got to mean they're not releasing a Kingdom Hearts three guidebook. I would imagine. I'm never going to hundred percent Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> and we have learned how to trigger Darian's emotions. Oh man, those are my favorite because they do such a cool job designing them. Aaron or not Darian. I keep saying everybody's wrong name. Darian, your voice sounds very good right now. Oh, thank you. Now that I'm upset. <laughs> yep. You've got to be just be upset the entire podcast. And then the real Darian comes out. You have you have to upset her to summon the real Darian deep inside. <laughs> She's in there somewhere. Let's let's find out if this will trigger the real Darian. Final Fantasy 15 DLC has been canceled. The director of the Final Fantasy series, um, uh, Hajami Tabata, is leaving. <clears throat> And Square on Square Enix posted a thirty-three million dollar loss. It's Hajime. Yep, that's I nailed it. And You're so bad at pronouncing Japanese names. <laughs> I don't. Uh, in his resignation, Tabata said, "I honestly believe the reason we were able to get this far is because of all of you loyal fans. I thank you from the bottom of my heart." Um, Except he said it in Japanese. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> they've on, they have been pushing Final Fantasy fifteen really hard, and it's like crazy that. Oh, uh, for what he'll do next, he started his own company. I have a project that I truly wish to solidify as my next challenge after Final Fantasy XV. For that reason, I've decided to leave my current position and start my own business to achieve that goal. Um, I believe so. The Final Fantasy, the canceled Final Fantasy DLC episodes include Ari, Arena, Lunafe, and Noctis. The fourth one, Arden remains in development and is scheduled to launch in March 2019. So one of the DLCs are living, but the other ones are going down. Um, but yeah, they, they have put out Final Fantasy 15 like everywhere in different f- ways. Like they've got a chibi version. They've got the, the classic one. They've been like, you know, putting those characters all over the place. And I, I guess they just haven't been taking off that like um the game hasn't been performing the way they they wanted and uh they they don't think these dlcs will work out so they they're canceling all all but one of them uh i guess there will also be so they they were having the final fantasy uh 15 multiplayer comrades is going to uh, be released as a standalone game now, so you won't need Final Fantasy XV to play it. Um, and also, 
There will also be a short form anime called Final Fantasy XV uh, episode prologue coming out. So there's still like Final Fantasy XV stuff happening, but I mean, with Tabata gone, it seems like they're kind of going to finish up the projects they're working on uh, related to Final Fantasy XV and, and push on further. But I mean, that sucks whenever you know anything like that happens. I think I think the like Square Enix loss is kind of just tied to all the work they put into on the DLC and and maybe like um uh, you know they were expecting Final Fantasy 15 to do better than it did. I'm sure they're probably doing fine in general. Yeah, I never played Final Fantasy 15. K- Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 isn't canceled at all that we know of. Yeah, Final Fantasy 7 isn't canceled either. Mm. The remake. Because it was never coming. It was all a lie. They oh, they would make they would be making an an, an uh, horrible, irreversible mistake if they canceled Final Fantasy VII at this point. Especially with the fact that they've already teased it and released footage. You know who has canceled some games? Telltale games. And their story is Getting more liquidy. Can you tell me about that, Darian? Ooh, yeah. Can you, can you work on your transitions, please? <laughs> that one was liquidy. Gross. That made me feel sick. <laughs> um, Telltale Games is closing. Uh, they're liquidating their assets and they're removing games from Steam. Um, before this podcast i hadn't checked and i was under the impression that they'd only removed things like back to the future and some other games that i never heard of before oh jurassic park i didn't realize they had a jurassic park game a tales of monkey island Um, but they've actually started to remove more of them tales of monkey island is a classic uh the jurassic park and the back to the future game um didn't do great uh i want to say those came out before they really hit it uh with walking dead with with that kind of um gameplay system because that was that was more of the classic like point point and click adventure style uh whereas the walking dead is is more of a like select a choice It, it you know it's less um of just like combine these random objects and see if the story continues. Um, they weren't loved, yeah, but they've actually started removing more of them. I just looked in the Walking Dead season two; is it now unavailable? Which sucks. And they made the the final season unavailable as well because they aren't sure they they were gonna talk to somebody else about finishing it or something. Skyway Games uh, is. I want to say Skyway Games. I can't remember. The, the, the guy who writes the Walking Dead comic uh, has a publishing company, and they are taking over finishing the final season. That's, that's how that's going. So the Rob, Robert Crookman's company is, is uh, helping uh, finish that. Um, he said he is going to be working with uh, the Telltale developers, like Telltale is gone, but he he's apparently going to reach out to the people who made it, the developers, and see if he can get their help uh, finishing it up. 
Um, but yeah, it seems like Telltale Games is like that thing is going away. They're they're selling off all of their assets, their properties, and because of that, they're being removed from Steam because it's like who owns this is up for debate right now. So if you were thinking of buying any Telltale games, classic like going all the way back, get them now. They are being removed. Uh, we'll see what's you know what's still there when this podcast comes out. It seems like it like every day a little bit more drifts away into the ether. But something has come back from the ether. And it's Command and Conquer, the greatest video game series ever. I was a young boy, and my pop-pop and my brother would play this all the time. And during like Thanksgiving and stuff, the cousins would come, and we would have big Command and Conquer battles all throughout the house because my dad owned a lot of computers considering it was like the 90s. He was a techno boy, and I'm very happy about that. But we had uh, all the classic um, Command and Conquer games, and I love them. And EA is bringing them back with a 4K remaster. Uh, updates of the classic uh, real-time strategy games will include Tiberian Dawn, Red Alert, and more. Um, and EA has clarified that they will include like the command and conquer tiberian dawn and command and conquer red alert will be released as a single remaster collection without microtransactions they have specified that they want to like they know that people are like a little pissy about them with microtransactions they're like we promise no microtransactions (laughs) um and they will include the expansions so that is really really cool i they uh, last E3, I want to say, they, they came out with an app called Command & Conquer Rivals, and that was the first new game using the Command & Conquer uh, name in a while. And it was, it kind of, like, it used the classic factions and sort of some of the units, but it was not Command & Conquer in any way. Um, But... Maybe maybe from that, they saw that like people want more Command & Conquer, and maybe if this does well, we'll actually see a new proper Command & Conquer game. I will say, the old Command & Conquer games had these, like, like actors, like, um, I'm trying to think of the term, like, live-action cutscenes. Like, an actual actor being like, come on, General, we need to go do this thing. Um, I wonder if the assets for that for it exist in 4K or how they're going to handle that part. But um, I'm sure the like you know the 3D models um, still exist that so they can just res those up. But I'm super excited. I'm going to definitely pick them up. Uh, I'm I I tried. Um, you can get the classic games uh, on EA Access or whatever. But the like multiplayer, the on the like online multiplayer doesn't work because they were like using an online service that doesn't exist anymore because they're like from 1995. 
Um, but I'm assuming all that's going to work well in the remasters, and I am super excited. Um, what are you super excited for, Darian? Um, I am excited about the fact that Marvel is teaming up with Riot Games for graphic novels based on League of Legends. Um, according to this article on Marvel.com, <laughs> um, the hottest source for Riot news. No, for Marvel, it's this is a com- combined effort of Riot and Marvel. Okay. Okay. Uh, they're gonna make comics of League of Legends characters. They're starting with an origin story. Like the Garfield comics? I don't... Um, they're starting with a, <laughs> a origin story. Um, League of Legends. Which League of Legends character likes lasagna the most? Probably Kogma. Okay. Uh, you don't know who that is. Which one is most likely to hate Mondays? I wonder if anybody says... I hate Mondays. (laughs) Specifically. Garfield had the right idea. Mondays are bad. Darian is currently Googling if any League of Legends character has ever said the words, I hate Mondays. And I'm not sure which would be funnier if she does or does not find... (laughs) Find uh, this. I think think seeing a... Okay, go ahead. Just in a quick overview, I don't think any of them say anything about any days of the week. Ah, oh, dang. <laughs> they, they don't even go, I love Friday. No, no, none of that. Yeah, TGAF. <laughs> uh, no. Gotta get down on Friday. Friday, Friday. <laughs> gotta get down. Oh, no. Anyway, it's an origin story about Ash, who was one of the original characters um, from early, early on in the game. Um... And it's going to be about her origin story, and that'll be exciting. Um, It says that um, the League of Legends Ash War Mother will be available in May 2019, and the first part of the series will hit digital platforms on Wednesday, December 19th, which is exciting. That'll, That'll be fast. That's in a month. And you'll be able to see the first part of it. And I will definitely be getting these comics. Graphic novels. Um, Do you know the difference? No. Okay. Are comics always colored? What? No. What? What's the difference? Comics are shorter, like smaller, like issues, whereas a graphic novel is a, like, well... Is is like a like novel size is a so like comics would be chapters of a graphic novel essentially sure but like a graphic novel could be a complete story like sometimes you put out a full story as a graphic novel but the real the real difference is think of think of yeah kind of in that sense of um it's it's almost more like the format. Like, a comic book is more like a magazine-style uh, smaller thing, whereas a novel is more like a book. Like, it's sure. th- thicker, there's more to it. So it's almost just about like this. Like with two Cs? Uh, sure. It's more about the <laughs> the the size of, the, the amount of pages and content you're getting. Sure. Okay. But typically, any Western stuff is going to be colored, whereas um, a, a uh, what is it, manga? 
Manga. Manga uh, is the only things I've encountered that are going to be black and white. Well, that's not necessarily true. I'm not sure I've seen a non-colored American Well, the Maximum Ride graphic novels are the only ones that are coming to mind for some reason, and they're definitely black and white, except for, like, select chapters. I also have an interview with a vampire graphic novel that is black and white. I think it depends on... Sin City, that's black and white, but there's hints of color from, like, red, so there's... Mm-hmm. I mean, I th- I think where... In... If it's black and white as an American one, that's a stylistic choice. Whereas mm-hmm. in general, I think manga tend to be just manga black is and... almost always just black and white. Yeah. yeah, with like occasionally they'll do like the first few pages are like bright, vivid, colorful, beautiful artwork, but then the rest is all black. And, and, white. and then they're like, "No, that's too expensive." Let's. <laughs> it is really expensive. Yeah. Um, I have some other League of Legends news. So they revealed today. A new champion. Her name is going to be Nico. Um, she is the Curious Chameleon. And she is basically a champion that will take shape of other champions, which I think is meant to just be sneaky, sneaky, and a good way to make really good plays. Um, but the reason that I'm mentioning this is because she is the first uh confirmed LGBTQ like open open the LGBTQ campi- champion um she is a lesbian confirmed she's into girls that's really cute and adorable and i love her she has a line that is literally asking a champion on a date <laughs> i would i would almost feel like for that kind of character i would more expect them to be pan what? Like pansexual, like like or not pansexual. Um, what's the thing? Uh, we're gender fluid. That's I. I would more ex- for like a chameleon character, um, oh, where they're kind of sure. you know fluid. Sure, that makes sense. I mean, Nico's still a girl. She's she's yeah. definitely still identifying as a a chick the whole time. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying if if they're gonna be LGBT, if if you were told me. There's a chameleon character, the LGBTQ. My first thought would be gender fluid. Man, they missed a really good opportunity. Yeah. I, uh, they, went, they went for the easy one first, and they're going to say what the reaction is. So it's the first character to be like LGBTQ uh, representation, or uh, uh, as a character. There is another character, Varys, who is. It's really complicated, but he is basically the souls of a gay couple and a Darkin combined into one body. So, like, the two male partners and the demon bow together make Varys. So Varys himself is probably not gay, but the people that make Varys are. (laughs) So... It's it's really complicated, but like Varys is a darken, and so I don't think he has a sexual sexual representation. He just wants to destroy the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the 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 humans that basically made a deal with the the bow to make this entity, 
the two guys are gay and in a relationship. But Varys himself, I don't think, is gay. Can we talk about something else now, please? <laughs> yeah, so it's really exciting that League of Legends is finally, like, uh, confirming that a character is lesbian representing. I think that's awesome. Hopefully... They will answer everybody's prayers and make Leona and Diana gay. And <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, it's really exciting for them to be actually opening up their game and adding more representation for people. So, yeah, that's exciting. New League of Legends bits. That's that's what I got. Um, Xbox. Well, uh, I believe it was uh, Microsoft held a conference recently. Um, we, we kind of went into it expecting no big announcements. And I would say that hella true. The, they kind of did the same thing that they did at E3. Um, and they announced that they have purchased more game studios, um, which we'll, we'll talk about that uh, as soon as I tell you which ones they acquired, um, they have acquired Obsidian Games, uh, which you might know as the developer behind Fallout New Vegas, Alpha Protocol, Pillars of Eternity, and other role-playing games. And they've also uh, purchased In Inzile Entertainment, makers of Wasteland 2 and Bard's Tale 4. Um, these are both uh, kind of big RPG developers, which um, we have seen that um, Microsoft has talked about bringing Game Pass uh, more to the PC, getting more uh, PC games for that, and this would be in line with that, that they would probably be making bigger PC games, um, that, which they're probably going to try and get on Xbox as well. Uh, there's Some of them would are definitely more like pc centric uh games that these companies have done uh pillars of eternity i don't it's it might be on consoles i just know that it's on uh on pc for sure um i believe microsoft has said that they're going to act independently uh still but obviously anything that comes out is going to be coming out not on ps4 um because they're Microsoft owned. That's not necessarily true. I would say it's probably true. Um, and this seems to be... Up until this point, PlayStation has had a lot of really great exclusives, and Microsoft has not. They've had a few... like They've had Halo and Gears of War, but no, they've kind of lost their luster there. They've not... you know the excitement for those franchises really died down. Um, and I think they've been going on this buying spree of uh, game developers trying to get these uh, games to so that they can go forward maybe on their next console with some big uh, exclusive um, games. These, uh, these companies... Um, well, along with the ones uh, from they announced at E3, uh, Ninja Theory, which uh, made Hellblade and Devil May Cry, Playground Games, the creators of Forza Horizon, Undead Labs, the creators of State of Decay, and Compulsion Games, the makers of uh, Contrast and We Happy Few, 
which some of these have had, you know, um, a bit of uh, Xbox ties to them already. So uh, picking them up isn't the, the craziest thing ever. But uh, it seems to bolster their their exclusives uh, for the Xbox. And we've, we've seen that Microsoft does seem to be pushing the PC games as well. So we'll probably see the, the, the games from these companies um, being available both on Xbox and uh, on PC through the Microsoft Store. Um, I don't love it. I it seems like somebody I saw a post uh about this uh when, from the E3 announcements. It seems more like instead of Microsoft trying to make their own exclusives, it's almost about taking exclusive taking games away from the other ones. So instead Oof. of going like, oh, you can play the Obsidian new Obsidian game everywhere, they're like, no. Only on Microsoft. It's it, um, because they're not like making new developers that are making their own stuff. They're basically buying these companies that made games for every console and saying, "No, you're Microsoft now." Um, I guess we'll see how everything shakes out in the future. Uh, but we'll probably be seeing games coming out of uh, from them in the next couple of years and see how things go. Um. We had one more announcement from uh, the Microsoft, well, that we were going to tell you about. Uh, There's a new Sea of Thieves uh, mode, which is a PvP uh, mode. It's, I mean, technically the entire game is PvP. If you see another player, you can, you know, get into it with them. But this seems to be a PvP arena. Uh... Designed for pirates looking to skip the parlay and get right into the action. Uh, The new mode uh, puts players into matches in a race to find treasure. In an environment that will force you to encounter and defeat other players. This will include the ability to queue on demand, a new tavern area for players interested in the combat arena, and a new trading company. Uh, So, yeah, I think, like, I haven't played Sea of Thieves. This interests me, but... Um, it almost seemed like there's, you can encounter players and you can get into these battles with them, but when you do, you're almost like, everybody just keeps respawning and it, it didn't seem satisfying for the people I've watched play of like, oh, we won the battle, but they keep coming and then they just bring their ship and stuff. This seems like it is more you know, controlled more like you have a clear goal. You're, you're, you're having these big battles, but with more meaning to them. And I think like, that's really going to help them, but I don't know if sea of thieves is coming back right now. It seems like they really need to have this stuff from the get go. Cause it was a little content light and adding content is always great. But like with so much big games coming out, I, We'll see if uh, people jump back in to see if thieves uh, after this. Uh, I want to say this is a free update. Blah blah blah. See if thieves will be getting its fourth free expansion pack. Um, so yeah, they've been putting a bunch of free content out for it. But if you already own it, I can see you maybe playing again. I can't see people picking it up uh, based on this inf- information. Maybe with a price drop. We'll see if they drop the price um, and with all this content that might bring people back in. 
we have a little bit of interesting news from PlayStation. So we've already uh, know that they are skipping. There, there's going to be no uh, PlayStation Expo this year. Um, and next year, they're not coming to E3. There's not going to be, they're not going to be on the show floor. And they're not doing a press conference like they do every year. They're just not going. Um, there's some speculation if they're just holding off because they're going to be making PlayStation 5 announcements. Um, maybe they're going to have a PlayStation Expo in 2019. Um, and they'll be doing PlayStation 5, announcing a lot of big games, and they don't really have anything big to announce right now, so they're just holding off. Um, but yeah, PlayStation's not going to be at E3, so that means Nintendo stepped away from E3 a while back, focusing more on Nintendo Directs. So the only, you know... Uh, big uh, console um, who's going to be there is Microsoft, who's going to have a conference. Uh, Nintendo will stop, still probably have a booth, uh, but the only one doing a conference is going to be uh, Xbox. Um, and we're going to get into the implications of that after Darian tells us about the people who make this podcast possible. Yes, we are. So, Last Geek has launched a Patreon to help make great content like this podcast. For the low, low price of $5 a month, you can get a shout-out on every episode of Ready, Set, Gamecast, like Aaron C. and Dragon Lucas. That's how you say it, right? Yep, we decided it's Dragon Lucas. Did. Just like they did. Also, shout-out to Dragon Lucas. He donated $50 during the... Uh, last week, uh, extra life, um, and we managed to get to nine hundred and ten dollars during our uh, extra life, making me the number one extra life boy in South Dakota. Even if Darian doubted my excellence, I did that. She did. She she. I was like, I'm number one in South Dakota, and Darian's like, Well, uh, we got two thousand dollars, and I was like, That's a team. That's not the same thing. If you want to compare, <laughs> if you want to compare teams, kind of funny's team has raised raised like fifty thousand. No, I think it's at seventy five thousand dollars. So not for South Dakota. So, but I'm number one in South Dakota, boy. Accept it. Um. Anyway, this brings us to topic of the show. Uh. So. Do the major va- video game companies no longer need big c- consumer shows like E3 and PlayStation Expo? Do you think PlayStation stepping away from this, uh, these shows uh, will be a temporary thing or a sign of the PlayStation way of marketing changing? Uh, do you think they'll go more like the Nintendo doing, speaking to the consumers directly like the Nintendo Direct? Nintendo's still going to be at the ex- or at E3 though, right? Yeah, but they don't make announcements they don't have a conference they don't do a big conference like uh um xbox and playstation have before they've like last year i think they it was either last year or the year before they just had a booth and you could play breath of the wild on it um at it i think that was i think that was before the switch came out so they 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 just kind of have hey look at these uh, games. Um, they'll usually do their Nintendo Direct, I want to say, before E3. And then maybe they'll have the games they announced at their Nintendo Direct. Um, 
on the show floor, but they definitely don't do the big spectacle, the big, like, you know, filling a auditorium full of people uh, like um, the has been done in the past. It's it's just kind of a YouTube a produced YouTube video that they put out. And it's like mm-hmm. Pokemon Smash Brothers. Here it is. See you later. Um, so do you think, well, so do you think video game companies really need E3 anymore? <laughs> or do you think that like with the internet, with the way that like, you know, do, do game companies need to talk to IGN and GameSpot and all those? Because typically the way that, that it's gone is that PlayStation would talk to the media, talk to IGN, GameSpot and stuff. And then IGN would tell us what they've got going on, like pass that information along. But lately it seems like more that like PlayStation will just tell the gamers, hey, we're making a new God of War or whatever. Like they talk directly like um, to them and without without needing that middleman, um, like they might not need E3 because E3 has typically been a media exclusive event, which has gone, you know, which has changed probably due to this fact that, you know, it doesn't need to be media exclusive because of the way game information gets out there. What do you think? I mean, I'm not really sure. (laughs) Marketing is lost on me, to be honest. Well, do you, how do you find out about games? And it's the answer to this podcast. Well, one of them, one of the answers is this podcast. The other answer is people come into my stream and say, hey, have you seen this? And I'll say, no. And then I'll look it up and decide almost instantly. I probably don't care about that. Moving on. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think that like along with the fact that they talk directly a lot of the way that kind of they get out is is with the like influencer community with the the twit like they'll you know ha- give give a twitch streamer you know god of war well i'm not sure god of war um like fallout they'll, they'll give them a copy of fallout to play early and, and they'll do a stream uh, with like specific criteria but they'll just have an influencer, you know, play it instead of having this kind of like having the media come in and give impressions and stuff like that. The way mm-hmm. the way that like g- game information gets out there has completely changed. And I think we're this, you know, PlayStation stepping away from E3 um, and this, the, you know, E3 uh, changing the way that they do things lately is is a sign of that. And OK, do you think do you think that PlayStation is going to come back to E3 in 2020 or or have a place in that PlayStation Expo in 2019? Do you think they're going to have PlayStation Expo, I will say I think is more consumer focused. Um is more about the PlayStation fans coming and doing the whole thing. There's probably some media aspect to that, but these conferences are very expensive for PlayStation stuff to put on. And it might just be them going, is it worth the money when we could just put out a really good YouTube video for, you know, 
way way cheaper than renting out an expo hall and and having this whole big thing and it might get you you know just as much hype if not more what exactly did it say for not going uh as the in- industry evolves sony interactive entertainment continues to look for innovative innovative opportunities to engage the community playstation fans mean the world to us and we want to innovate think differently and experiment with new ways to delight gamers as a result we have decided not to participate in e3 2019 this year we are exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community in 2019 and can't wait to share our plans with you yeah i mean that almost sounds like it could potentially mean they're not coming back Based on the wording. Yeah. It, they, it does say specifically, we're not participating in E3 in 2019, but they are exploring new and familiar ways, as well as not doing the PlayStation experience. Like, yeah, they might not be coming back. Yeah. I, I think the reason they said for Expo, I think they said that we just don't have enough ready. So maybe, sure. maybe they were like, we need, if we're going to have this thing, we need to really dazzle you. So, it, and I think a lot of people are saying, like, the PlayStation 5 is coming. They're going to probably next year or the year after, we're going to see that announced. And they're going to have a lot to show then. But maybe the, you know, it's not necessary to go to E3 anymore. Like, just, you know, talk to us when you have something to say, which is mm-hmm. widely different from how it was like 10 years ago. I remember going to E3 and it being like this whole big thing. Nintendo had this was the year the 3DS was announced. They had like uh, this whole like platform you went up onto um, that you got to like mess with the DS for a little bit. I was so confused because I was like, "What am I doing here?" There's like a there was like a girl standing behind each. Um, 3ds and i was just kind of like looking at the screens because i was like very bewildered by the whole situation that i was like okay so this is the ds i don't want to touch anything i'm very confused and then i left the platform like you had to wait in line and this like yeah i guess it's it's gonna be something we're gonna have to wait and see what they plan uh what kind of how they make their announcements in 2019 and based on on how that works out for them might determine if they return or not. They might be just testing stuff, but if it works out, you know, they might be leaving E3. And if they leave E3, if the only one there is Xbox, like, A, that's going to be super weird, and B, E3 is already hanging on uh, barely, so... E3 is probably going down real quick if if, right. if PlayStation doesn't come back. For sure. Which, I mean, we might not need it. Like, packs, like, so so, so much of, um, you know, Nintendo just, like, does their directs when they're ready and, and it creates their big hype and, and we don't need this big, like, this is E3 time when you get all the stuff. You just We just get our game announcements throughout the year instead of just these these big build-ups and then you know things like packs allow gamers to come and and try them out themselves and stuff 
Um, and even the media goes to those and gets ex exclusive uh, trials and stuff. Um, okay, I am going to check the questions really quick, but can you tell people how to submit questions? Of course I can. Um, do you want to be a part of the show? Go to readysetgamecast.com forward slash submit to submit a question, comment, or your favorite Pokemon for us to read on the show. Speaking of which, Fire Turtle just sent in the question, what's your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> well, she's going to tell us what her favorite Pokemon is. Uh, well, let's let's hear what yours is, and I'm sure she will um, do the do. The, okay, it's Togepi. She's holding up a it's Togepi. Togepi. Togepi is my favorite. I know everybody listens audioly. There's like three everybody people. Everybody watches the podcast. It's Togepi. Togepi is my favorite. I have a life size replica of Togepi, and I keep him on my desk at all times. Uh, what do you think Togepi? Well. I imagine it. Oh no! I was gonna say it's is it's not only Gen One in the uh, Detective Pikachu. A, do you think Togepi is in uh, Detective Pikachu too? How do you think it looks? Uh, I hope that it's not. <laughs> you don't want to have Togepi ruined for you. Let me look at real life Togepi and answer that question. My my I. My guess is we're probably going to see a Togepi egg. We probably won't see Togepi itself. I would be okay with that. There is a picture here that is not of Togepi, but it's of Togetic, and it looks horrifying, and I don't want that. Okay. Fire Turtle says Squirtle is her favorite Pokemon. My favorite Pokemon is Bulbasaur. It's the best starter, and it can beat up Squirtle. That's mean. Well, it's actually factual, so that makes it right. That's a mean reason to pick your favorite Pokemon. I mean, my favorite Pokemon is Bulbasaur because it was the first Pokemon I had. Um, so that's why it's my favorite, not because it can beat up Squirtle. It's just, as an additional note, uh, it, can, it can do that. I'm kind of like, so I've told you that I've got... Uh, Pikachu, Blastoise, uh, Charizard, and Venusaur. I'm, you can ride on Charizard, so I kind of want to keep him in the party. But um, if I had to, just to kind of rebalance my team, I would probably pull out all the other starters but Venusaur, because he's my boy. Also, can you pull Pikachu out of your party? I want to say you can. He would just like... I, I'm not sure. I haven't tried. I'm scared to try. I don't want Eevee to hate me, so I won't. <laughs> so I uh, I don't know if you know this yet, but, like, the more you, like, increase your friendship and stuff, you know, play with them and stuff, there will be time. And th I think this applies to all of them, maybe. But, like, y that will help you in battles. Like, um... Other po like I've been in battles and the other Pokemon's going to attack me, and then it was like, uh, Pikachu dodged the move because you shout gave it a shout out, and the little like uh, heart will appear above uh, Pikachu, so like you can win the battle because of the power of your friendship, and like like they'll hurt hurt uh, like damage uh, your Pokemon like it should have knocked them out, but it was like. 
um, Venusaur was able to hold on because of your love. So it's a it's a great it's a great experience. Um, I like that. This brings us to housekeeping. Go to Ready Set Gamecast. Also, please uh, go to ReadySetGamecast.com slash submit and tell us what games uh, Darren needs to play for Game of the Year. It's got a war. She should probably pick it up because I rented it from uh, Redbox uh, to play it. And I think I, prob- I probably spent more than uh, $20, $30 on it, renting it over and over. <laughs> go to ReadySetGamecast.com for links to the podcast on all your favorite podcasts including iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, as well as the video version on YouTube. Also, if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podchaser. It helps us grow and become more powerful. Uh, other Last Geek stuff you should check out. Uh, this is your regular reminder that Game Mate Corp has a new episode. I want to say it was The Weatherman. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was the latest one. I did a great talk about how the weather exists. Uh, also, uh, another benefit of being a Patreon is that the uh, Race at Gamecast exclusive episode is up there and available. And you get to find out who Teddy's going to marry. Is it one of us? Who knows? Yes. It's Bryce. Oh, well, spoilers. Also, uh, I really liked your weatherman idea. I would actually very much like to uh, expand upon it. Okay, go ahead. What, what did she got? Because I could definitely see that being a real life game, and I, I kind of really want it super bad. <laughs> okay, what's your improvements? Well, I'd have to listen to the way you worded it again, but basically, like, you you have the option to, like, you're you're told all of the scenarios, and yeah. then you decide. I kind of pictured it as, like, you were looking at, like, a SimCity-style deal, and you could see little, like, icons of characters, and then and you could be like, I want it to, I want snow so I can stay home and play Fortnite. And the other guy's like, I want, I have a hot date. I want to take to a picnic. I need sunny weather and stuff. So you could like decide which story plays out depending on what kind of weather you gave. I like that. Yep. I want that as a real game. And then, and then I got all crazy with it, which is, which is like the general, I think of kind of like, sometimes I just think of a goofy idea and make it goofier sometimes i think of an actual kind of cool game idea and then think of it taken to the weirdest place possible and then that's how it's done darian when are you going to come on game make corp i don't know you've never invited me i'm pretty sure i've invited you and then you've been like i'm not funny i can't do it i'm yeah i also don't have game ideas (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I could be a guest for flavor text, but I don't think I would actually contribute anything to your good good podcast. We we have we have a uh, a Discord that we plan this stuff in and we have a channel where we just like pool game ideas as we come up with them so that when we're preparing the episode we can just pull from the that list when we mm. have ideas. Um but if you want to hear if you want to see Darian's humor where can people experience that when they're waiting for your guest appearance? Um, <laughs> Where can people find you? 
my username is dexterity d-e-x-t-e-r-i-d-e you might not be able to understand that with my voice as shitty as it is i'm on twitch twitter and instagram and i've got dexterity.com i haven't posted on instagram in a hot minute but i've been doing a countdown for when ralph breaks the internet um by the time this podcast comes out it'll already have been out for two days and i will have already seen it uh eight times probably does it come out wednesday wednesday the 21st Yep, I'm counting down. I know exactly when it comes out. Right? Usually movies come out Fridays? They usually do, yeah. But um, Ralph Breaks the Internet, I think the, I think the first record Ralph came out the day before Thanksgiving as well. Weird. So that people can go see it on Thanksgiving with their families. Weird. I mean, it's not that weird. Where can people find you, Bryce? Fun fact, um, I am renewing Dexterity.com in a month. I got the email. Yay! Bryce owns Dexterity.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying $10 a year to, to own Darian. Uh, <laughs> I'm a pretty cheap date. Uh, you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at LastGeek, on Instagram at LastGeekPlays, on Twitch at LastGeekPlays. I have a Facebook at Last Geek. The only thing I've really done on there is promote The Extra Life. So you should go there so that next year when I'm promoting The Extra Life, I'll probably create a Facebook event again because that's a thing. Um, And that's all the places. Um, Probably. I don't know. Uh, Thank you for listening to this uh, great content. Um, Thank you to Darian for not bailing after she heard her voice in a recording (laughs) and uh thank you to the listeners for listening um and we will see you again in two weeks goodbye